Hello, and welcome to Live Like the World is Dying, your podcast for what feels like the end times. I'm your host, Margaret Kiljoy, and this week we're talking about that thing you're supposed to conquer, bread. We're talking <laughs> about bread. Specifically, we're talking about sourdough, and we are talking with James Stout about sourdough, and that's what we're going to talk about. It's going to be really exciting. I didn't make that sound exciting, but it is bread and baking and all that shit. It's something we haven't really covered on here before, and it's something that I'm really curious about. This podcast is a proud member of the Channel Zero Network of Anarchist Podcasts, and here's a jingle from another show on the network. Da 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 da. I'm going to make those pompous academics regret kicking out such a genius. Deciding to build my lab and do my research. The Time Talks Podcast. Have you ever stared at a 500-page book and wish you could just talk to the author about their ideas instead? If so, the Time Talks Podcast, part of the Channel Zero Network, is for you. Where we discuss history, politics, music, and art with an anti-authoritarian and anarchist perspective. The Time Talks Podcast. What's this light? I feel different. The Time Talks Podcast. And we're back. So, James, if you would be so kind as to introduce yourself with your your name, your pronouns, and then kind of a little bit of your background with, I guess in this case, like bread or preparedness or stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, So I'm James, he, him, for me. Uh, I, my background for this, let me think, I know, um, I, I, I like... I grew up in the countryside, so I grew up like with animals around, with growing a lot of our own food, uh, just because that's the way we did stuff. And I think I moved to America in 2008 and, and without um, like condescending too much, your bread is shit. Uh, and so <laughs> uh, I was appalled by it and I've been making my own uh, on and off when I've been home long enough to do it ever since, I guess. And now I, I still live in the United States, I'm in San Diego, and I try and do, have a little bit of the, uh, like the, that sort of, I guess, like preparedness slash countryside kind of life. Like we have, we have backyard chickens and we bake our own bread and, and that we grow a lot of food too. So I still try and keep up with all that stuff. And that's inside the city. Yeah. I mean, we're not like, I don't want to like make out like we're in a high rise. Um, mm-hmm. I, I have a, t- a tiny yard and then, uh, we've, uh, I guess we've like uh, liberated the area in between the pavement and the road. I don't know what that area is called, but a median, a median. Yeah. It's been, cause that's, that's like, well, I mean, like, median's in the middle of the road. Yeah. Um, huh. I don't know. I should know. Yeah. You know what I mean? That area that's like liminally public private, mm-hmm. um, but public in the sense of owned by the city council and you can do fuck all with it, uh, which, you know, isn't great. So, um, I obtained some lumber and, and uh, like I've, I've tried to put planters out there as well. Oh, nice. What do you grow out there? Yeah. Uh, so I grow a number of things. I get them from, um, which had a very nice older guy. The other day, an, uh, uh, an older uh, older couple had left their keys in their car. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I took the keys, put them in a house and left them a note saying, you know, come get them. And then they did. And they gave us a, a voucher. When they came and got them, they gave us a voucher for a garden center. So I'm going to restock my, oh, my cool. vegetables. Uh, but Right now, I think I've got kale. Um, I like to go, so I do a lot of work in, in Tucson uh, mm-hmm. with a um, group of indigenous people there. And uh, I like to buy indigenous plants. So um, there are a couple of nurseries in Tucson I go to. So I think we have wolfberry, uh, we have agave, we have golden currants, we have carrots, we have kale, Thai chilies, and beetroot. 
So this is a terrible. I I haven't eaten dinner yet. <laughs> this all sounds very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is that's, you're going to be ruined when I uh, when I bust out my bread from the oven. And I mean, honestly, like bread is. I I love bread. I you know I understand that everyone has different body types and different diets. I am so grateful I'm not gluten free. Yeah, me too. I love gluten. It, gluten is my uh, my guide star. Uh, if someone yeah. like I I have diabetes right, and it's like I think a ten percent mm-hmm. coincidence of autoimmune diabetes and celiac. And mm-hmm. uh, I spent some time uh, volunteering with diabetes education in various kind of uh, places. Um, and oh, just it, I remember like staying with some folks, and we all had diabetes, so it was fine. And I was like, "Fuck, mm-hmm. you have celiac as well? Like that sucks!" Like yeah, just yeah, it. it it must be profoundly difficult for people and I'm sorry for them. There there are ways to make your own. I think Bob's Red Mill has a pretty good um, celiac or gluten-free blend mm-hmm. uh, that you could, you could probably use with a sourdough starter. Certainly if you fed that starter, that flour over time um, and, and sort of messed around with your recipe, you could probably get something going there, but it, it's not something I've spent a lot of time with. Fortunately, I'm blessed to be able to digest gluten. So what is sourdough? Okay. <laughs> I mean, I sort of know, but I feel like this is a good starting point, right? Yeah. So it's spontaneous fermentation bread, right? I guess Mm -hmm. these days people might be more familiar with like spontaneous fermentation beers, like Lambics and stuff. No, Um, I don't actually know what spontaneous fermentation means. Okay. So it's it's when you're capturing wild yeast, and capturing is a strong word. Uh, you, you, you're, you're encouraging wild yeast from the atmosphere to come and live in a certain place. And then you're using them to ferment your bread or your beer or what have you. Oh, okay. So rather than going and getting yeast, you're counting on this is the like way that you make alcohol in prison, right? Yes. Yeah. So I'm told. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I don't have any direct first-hand experience with it, but um, yes, it is. And it's a way like ancient Belgian monks would make uh, make their beer, right? Like, and you hear about like back in the day when people were making beer or, or making bread, they had like a magic spoon that they would mm-hmm. stir it with. Uh, not knowing that the, the spoon was like, in fact, what, what <laughs> carried the yeast right from one batch to the next. Oh, and that's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. Like a wooden spoon soaking in that like the, the, the yeasty mixture. So yeah, it, it's basically your only ingredients for sourdough bread are uh, salt, water, and flour. And so. And also a sourdough starter, but I guess you're yes, saying you yeah, don't yeah. start with that. Well, yeah, the only things that you have to purchase or obtain, I guess. Uh, yeah, so you you need to get the sourdough starter, which we can get into. Like, how do you how do you mm-hmm. encourage this bacteria to come and live with you? Um, but yeah, you, you need to ob- obtain it, and then uh, like if you don't make it a favorable atmosphere for them to live, they will just die, right? So you have to keep mm-hmm. them alive, uh, and and then once you've got those those then you can keep them in your fridge and feed them every week or two and and you can feed them less than that actually and uh yeah then you've got everything you need really you do want you want a big dutch oven as well that makes it a lot easier um but okay yeah it's you could which is a big cast iron cooking pot yeah exactly like a casserole Mm -hmm. with a lid yeah you've got to have a lid but you can Mm -hmm. get those so cheaply now like i think i have a a loge one that is like 35 bucks a target if you live near a target um i also kind of like to go to thrift stores and buy stuff like that um, Mm -hmm. if i'm out and about um and i have a special one that i got that uh i use in like fires and uh, cooking outside so why do people make sourdough bread instead of 
what is what is regular because regular bread has yeast in it too right yeah so it uses what's the process called there's a process through which it, it ferments more rapidly it's like hyphenated it's like two names uh which which okay. so like my bread i'm making a batch of bread now actually and i started feeding the sourdough yesterday around noon feeding the starter yesterday around noon mm-hmm. i build up my starter my levan and then i add that to my bulk ferment and then that bulk ferments and it will probably go in the bulk oven tonight ferment? bulk Bulk, sorry. Yeah, like when you're bulking, you know? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So um, that, well, like it'll be the yeast and the water and the flour will be in contact for like 24 hours, right? So it's much slower fermentation. Um, some people find that's more digestively beneficial to them. Chorley wood process is what it's called when you when you speed ferment the bread. So like, okay, you know, if you get your cheap bread, like bimbo bread or whatever, and you sort of like... Bim- bimbo bread? Yeah. You don't have bimbo bread? No, I you're on the East Coast, bread. don't you? Pan bimbo. It's it's a type of bread. It's uh, it's like a little bear thing. I think it's oh. it, maybe maybe it's it's like uh, it, like Mexican in origin, and it, okay. maybe it, it exists more in like Latino communities, but uh, okay. Latinx cool. communities. But yeah, that like if you get your your crappy bread, mm-hmm. um, see, I don't know the American brands, so I don't buy them, but the bimbo one, it just it sticks out. Uh, it sticks <laughs> the, out in my mind. Okay, the the cliche crappy bread yeah. that I don't know anyone who eats is Wonder Bread. Yeah, Wonder Bread. Yeah, yeah. Um, they sponsored a cycling team once, which is very funny. Um, That's funny. Yeah, it's pretty. It's that kind of bread is great to eat when you're like uh, during intense exercise (laughs) 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 because it just yeah. Also that I guess okay yeah yeah yeah. all right yeah sugar right away yeah. When I was racing in France, we had these things called brioche de poche, which is like pocket brioche like the shittest tier of brioche imaginable with like, i don't know brioches <laughs> okay brioche is like an enriched bread it's, it's okay. a, oh, fuck, i'm turning into like fucking anarchist poor hollywood um <laughs> which like i'm not judging anyone but it's 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 like an enriched bread it's like a um like a milk bread okay because like sweet I bread and can't imagine this object but uh, sure it's just like this big which uh-huh. is very useful in audio medium uh yeah, yeah. it's yeah, yeah. I want to say it's the size of like half a cell phone, uh, half okay. a mobile phone, and okay. uh, or a pocket knife. A pocket knife is a good analogy. It's about as big as a pocket knife, and mm-hmm. then uh, it's like injection filled with Nutella. But like, it takes like two chews, and it just it just goes to a goo. Oh, that sounds really nice, and, actually. Yeah, it was great. And uh, you yeah. can eat that like while you're riding over mountain France or yeah. whatever. Okay. Um, so like, yeah, cheap bread kind of does that, right? Or like, like sort of mass-produced bread very quickly reverts to this kind of pasty thing. Was mm-hmm. sourdough bread? It's much it has a much better structure, uh, mm-hmm. and I, at least like I found it to be doesn't cause any digestion issues for me. Um, it, because it ferments for longer, maybe it breaks down some of that stuff a bit more easily. Mm-hmm. Um, some people will tell you it's more nutritious. I think that largely depends on the flour you use and the. Uh, like the ingredients you put in it you can put other stuff in it like fruit or nuts right but mm-hmm. i like it because it, it's a lot more like um i can't imagine in any like you know if you're looking at uh like living more sustainably and living more independently from capitalism like it's possible that you could grow your own grains and grind your own grains like people have done right. that for a while uh water would be an issue where i live in southern california <laughs> but uh you know if, if you if you have access if you don't have access to water you, you, you're fucked anyway yeah you have um, you have bigger problems than lack of yeah bread. yeah yes yeah so it's it's very sustainable in that sense right and and i think it just tastes better and i like i like making my own stuff like i don't know um i i have a i have all kinds of things that i 
literally before we spoke, I found a knife on the road and I was regrinding it uh, so yeah. that I could use it. You know, I like to fix yeah. stuff. I like to make stuff. So it appeals to that side of me too. Yeah. Well, and it's good too because I feel like there's often this um, this weird like gender division within DIY. Yeah, yeah. that's strange. Yeah, yeah. Like grinding your own knife is like allowed to one class of people, but then like gardening is allowed to a different one. You know, it's a yeah. Yeah, I think that's kind of bullshit. Like, uh, well, like you had a tweet today about how, how, how like trans ladies are becoming associated with firearms ownership now. <laughs> yeah, which I think is great. But yeah, maybe cis men could be associated with doing some domestic labor as well. That would be that would be, I you know, the world would work a little better if people were it like would. be like, oh, I don't know, he's just going to go into the kitchen and do all the dishes. It's like not even. <laughs> yeah. It's like an, I'd make sure I do the dishes before he comes over because otherwise he's going to spend the whole party doing the dishes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he's naturally inclined. Yeah. It's, his, it's, his <laughs> yeah, it's the upper body strength that really helps get into the. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah. the broader just pecs really get into the uh, lasagna dish. Yeah. They were, just, they were just made that way. Why are the hands so big? So they can cover a whole dinner plate. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's not, you can't argue with science. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so. Let's say I want to make sourdough, which I do, yeah. and okay. I don't know anything about it, mm-hmm. which I don't. Yeah. How do I make sourdough? I get <laughs> yeah, flour. Yeah. I get water. Yeah. I get. Mm-hmm. Did you say sugar? Or did I make that up? No. No. no salt. You don't need sugar. Salt. Yeah. You do need a bit of salt. Um. So let's say you're about starting. Uh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Imagine you have a Dutch oven. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you're one of the 500 people who texted me this in like March 20th, 2020. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and they caused me to have a copy pasta on my phone. Uh, <laughs> so what you would do is you would go out and I'd say like, if you have all the flowers in, like say you have a good a good like co-op or a nice supermarket available to you, mm-hmm. I would suggest buying to start off with some rye flour, whole mm-hmm. grain rye flour, some bread flour. Um, King Arthur is a good brand. Uh, Bob's Red Mill is a good brand. Some supermarkets have their own bread flour. It's just going to have a little more protein, which is a little more gluten, which will give the bread better structure. Uh, And I like to have some all-purpose flour as well because it's cheaper. So like for when I'm just feeding my starch and I'm going to dump it, Mm -hmm. I'm going to dump it. I don't need it to be anything fancy, right? Um, But rye flour is great. Yeasts love rye flour. So um, what I start out with is like a jar, a glass jar, preferably. You don't want a plastic one. Okay, Uh, an amazing jar. Yes, a mason jar is great. Um, you want to be able to, I don't know, flies at owl, like all the little buggy insects, love mm-hmm. a sourdough starter. Like I'll use it to catch them when the, when they're becoming a problem. But um, if they're not, if you don't, you don't want them in it. So you want to be able to put like a little cheesecloth or something over the top of it. Okay. So a mason jar is great because you can use that that ceiling ring. Yeah, without that, anything in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, um, but you do want to let it breathe. You don't want to close the lid. Okay. Then you'll get an- anaerobic fermentation. Um, okay. So you and it, we're going to express everything that we do in terms of percentages of the weight of the flour, right? Okay. So we're going to start out 100% hydration. So that means equal amounts of water and flour. Um, I sometimes I read on the internet that you shouldn't use tap water, but I think those people are just kind of getting a bit too like uh, namby pamby about things. Like it's fine. It's always been okay. fine for me. Uh, if you want to use bottled water, if you have a well, like more power to you. But uh, I, I've used tap water, and like our tap water is dog shit in San Diego, and it's been fine. Well, I have a well, so there you Although go. Although I, I soften the yeah. water, so I don't know if that makes it better or worse. Probably better. I and mean, ours is very hard. It's certainly better for your other domestic appliances. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most complicated plumbing machines. job I've set up. 
Yeah, it is worth it though. Um, yeah. If you live in a hard water area and you want an espresso machine, you can normally find one that people think is broken. And if you decalcify it, it's normally fine. Huh. That's a little, little pro tip. I used to yeah. do that when I had no money. I'd buy them at like yard sales and mm-hmm. fix them and sell them on espresso forms. <laughs> <laughs> You've had a lot of jobs. <laughs> what, what a great side hustle. Yeah. I yeah. just uh, didn't have a lot of money, so I had to have a lot of jobs. Um, so, yeah, what we're going to start out doing is we're going to do 100% hydration, right? Okay. One to one water and one to one water and flour. So let's say we're going to do a hundred grams of each. It's it's you can work in American standard units if you really must, but it's so much easier to do percentages, etc., in grams. So I would just just start there, Um, and then after a day, we're going to dump half of that and feed it again. Now, the stuff that you dump, you can either use to start another starter and give that to a friend or have a backup Mm -hmm. starter, or I like to keep it. And there are recipes for like. stuff to making crackers out of it and that kind of thing and so you can do other stuff with it wait so i'm just putting i'm putting some some flour and some water in a jar with some cheesecloth over it yeah leaving it and then throwing half of it out and then feeding it again by adding more of everything more of the flour in the water so another 100 grams flour 100 grams of water right and then you're gonna dump half and feed again the next day um, okay. And the, the reason you're doing that is to get rid of some of the like metabolites and some of the like uh, the flour that's been digested, and you want to keep giving it fresh food, and that will encourage the yeast to grow. Oh, interesting. Um, so once that starts to fizz and bubble, and you'll kind of see little bubbles, and you, you'll first it'll smell pretty bad, and then after four or five days, normally it starts to smell pretty good. It's kind of got a sweet. Kind of, people say a green apple smell sometimes. This just seems like magic. You're not adding anything but flour yeah. and water to this jar, and it's going to yeah. start bubbling. Yes, it is. Uh, I think I forget one of the places they used to say like that yeast was proof of God or something. That like like Belgian monks used to make beer this way, right? And like convince themselves that it was either their magic spoon or like God's benevolent love. I mean, it's not. Both of those things seem just as realistic as. <laughs> Yeah. The little tiny things in the air that you can't see are eating the food. Yes, yeah, yeah. Invisible so, flower eaters. Okay, um, okay. Another way to do it is if you can get non-sulfated dried fruits. Um, so you can, something, you know, when you get the dried apricots and they're brown, not orange. Yeah. Uh, and they taste better. Those are unsulfated. You can okay. also leave those in a jar and just close the jar, leave them in a jar with water and close the jar. And after a few days, it will start fizzing. Close the jar like uh, cheesecloth, yeah. or like close it, close no, it. But lid it, lid on. Okay, uh, like screw it on the lid, and then um, you've after a few days, you'll see that water stop fizzing, and that's what's happening there. That's the yeast coming off the skin of the uh, of the fruit. Okay, and and then you can use that water to make your starter, right? So okay. mix that with flour and then feed it just like you would before. You can kind of combine these two processes, right? You can do the fruit one first, and then do that hundred percent feed it up. Yeah. And then after a while, that starter is going to start bubbling. This is where you want to use a clear glass jar because you'll see you'll see it growing, right? You'll see that the bubbles all the way up and you'll see that like, oh, yeah, this is this is fermenting now. That's what's happening. Mm-hmm. You can even if you want to, you can like Sharpie on the side of the jar, you know, when you feed it and then see if it goes up. OK. And then the speed at which it will double in size depends on the temperature where you live, right? And the temperature of the starter itself. So. That's what you're looking for. You're looking for it to double in size about every eight hours. And that's when you know you've got a good, fast-moving start. 
Okay. <laughs> okay. This totally real thing that happens. Yeah, yeah. I, it's like, I know you're explaining this to me, but it, in yeah. my head, this is not. When I go try this later, nothing's going to happen. That's how it I feel. It will blow your mind. Um, yeah. It is. It's so cool when it. Happens. I'm going to come back and tell you that I believe in a Belgian god. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's become a monk. <laughs> yeah. In like West Flanders. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, is yeah, this the okay. same yeast that is making that? Is this the? Is this also alcohol? Yes, yeah, so it's the same. Uh, what's it? Lactobacillus. Oh, fuck, I used to know what they were called in Latin, but I don't anymore. But yes, okay. Uh, Saccharomyces, I think. Like, magic sky yeast. Yeah, magic sky yeast. Um, yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's the same okay. stuff. Um, brewer's yeast, right? When you buy it. Uh, yeah. So it's it just when I buy I think, it, it's it's a I can see it, but in the yeah, air, it just exists. Yeah, it just it's just. Uh, yeah, it's just All it's right. just floating around. All right. <laughs> okay. So the yeasts have come to live with you in this jar, right? And they are uh-huh. they're, they're thriving, and you're mm-hmm. feeding them. So now we want to take that to where we can bake from it. So what we do is we take from our starter and we mm-hmm. grab half of it, right? And mm-hmm. we, so half of so whatever it half is, four hundred. 400 grams yeah it wouldn't okay. be the whole mason jar but we let's say because we're, we're dumping half and feeding every day right yeah so we have that amount that we have we're going to split it in half half how it, many how put, many days before it's ready it kind of depends on the temperature because it'll ferment faster in a higher temperature it depends mm-hmm. on the, the yeast that are available in your area right so if i gave you a sourdough starter today and you mm-hmm. took it to where you live, right? I sent it to you in the mail, mm-hmm. and you started feeding it. It would become different over time because of the yeast in your area as opposed to my right. area. But I don't need to start from one that you sent me. No, you can start from from one that you made yourself. You captured yourself, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so that that will probably take five or six days, maybe maybe a week. Okay. Some people like to feed it with fruit juice instead of water. I don't know if that helps. Some people put apple peels in the water because there's yeast on the skin. Mm-hmm. Right, so let, let's say you spend a better part of a week, and it, it's a very minimal effort, right? It's about five minutes of your day. Yeah, and you, you do that, and you you start to see it bubbling up, right? You start to see in the jar it's bubbling up. Okay, now you're good. So you're going to take half of that, dump it in a bowl, and you're going to add a hundred grams of flour and eighty grams of water, right? So you're eighty percent hydration now. Okay, and then the other half that's still in the mason jar. You're going to feed that as you normally would, right? 100, 100. Just to keep it going? To keep it going, yeah. And then you'll let that sit. I don't know. Sometimes I let it sit for four hours. You don't want to let it sit for the full eight hours because then it would have consumed all the food and it will want feeding again. Mm-hmm. So I let it sit for an hour or two. Then I seal it in the mason jar or with the jam jar and I pop that in the fridge. So that slows down the fermentation. So that okay. now what that doesn't need that. That's what we call your storage starter. Okay. And that doesn't need feeding for about a week or two. So basically, okay. if you feed if you feed it every time you bake, you, you're going to be okay. Okay. So now we've got this other bowl, right, which has got 100 grams of flour, 80 grams of water, but your starter. We're going to mix that up, leave it for eight hours. And at this point, we can transition from using the rye flour to using our all-purpose flour. Because uh, okay. So the rye flour is just to make the yeast starter. Yeah. Not, and, not and making if, if, rye bread. No. Well, you can... Or mm-hmm. if your rye, if your starter ever gets a bit sluggish and it's not really fermenting, the rye flour will sprout because rye flour is lower protein, right? Lower gluten, mm-hmm. it doesn't make as good of bread because gluten is what gives the bread the structure. Mm-hmm. But the the protein is not really digested by the um, by the yeasts, right? 
That's okay. why it re- remains in the bread. So if we're giving it a flour which is lower protein, there's more of the other stuff that the yeast want. That's why they like the rye flour. Um, but it's also why you can't make your whole bread out of rye flour, or it won't okay. be as good if you do. So okay. yeah, at this point, once we've captured our, our starter, I would start transitioning to the AP for the two feedings that we're going to do to build up. AP that. is all purpose. All purpose. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, okay. I'm loose using Baker slang. it's how you can tell i'm like down with the kids Mm -hmm. so you've moved to your like what we're doing now is called building a levan okay it's a french word and we're going to do two feedings of that right so we're going to do eight hours spaced apart more or less we're going to do uh 100 grams of water 80 grams of of all purpose Uh, sorry 100 grams of all purpose flour 80 grams of water right Okay. And again, what we're looking for is bubbling up, right? So you can also do this in glass if you want, and you're looking for it to double in size, then you feed it again. But like, I'm, it doesn't have to exactly double in size, right? Like, I, I don't really like measure shit. I, I do weigh stuff, but other mm-hmm. than that, it, I, I kind of, like my so it's March here. It's pretty cold for San Diego. Like it'll be in the in the uh, in the forties at night, in the fifties in the day. And so it takes a lot longer for my bread to bake now than in the summer. It, it's just like whipping ass. Like the whole thing is done in like, you know, from getting it out of the fridge to being done in less than 12 hours. But it'll okay. take double that um, in the winter. Is this making dough? What we're now doing is making a large kind of yeast inoculated, uh, like a large yeast culture that we're about to put into the dough. Okay. Okay. So the reason we're using AP here is because the yeast will consume it more of it right and it's okay so then we do that twice right we do that feeding twice which is 108 so 80 percent hydration feeding twice mm-hmm. then we're going to make the the dough itself now I, i've tried to like refine my process to make it as low stress as possible and it makes mm-hmm. really good bread and it, it takes not very much time so i like to bake with 1500 grams of flour right so that's 500 grams of flour is is, is a good size loaf right okay We'll so you make three loaves at a time? Or you make exactly. One? Okay. Yeah, I make three loaves. I have tried to make one giant chode loaf, um, but it just <laughs> sort of... <laughs> what happens is it will blow the top off your Dutch oven. Yeah, yeah, okay. You'll get like a mushroom. What I do is I measure out my water first. And if it's cold, I'll use hot water. And if it's hot, I'll use room temperature water, right? So right now I'll run the hot tap a little bit. And then I'm doing the same thing. I'm doing 80% hydration, right? So for that, because I'm doing 1,500 grams of flour, I want 1,200 grams of water. It's so interesting because I usually think of things not in terms of, I don't usually think, I'm not much of a baker, but I don't think of things in terms of the weight of them. I think in terms of the volume of them. Yeah. Weight is so much preferable to volume. Like, Yeah, yeah, no, I, I believe you. I'm not much of a baker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. People say that like cooking is an art, baking is a science, but I think sourdough is like a vibe. Like once you... Uh... <laughs> Cool. <laughs> well, once you get it down, you just do, and you're vibing on the same level as your sourdough started. Then, okay, because like, the other cliche that is, if you can, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> if you can, if you can bake a cake, you can bake a bomb. It's the other oh, cliche. Yeah, I, I <laughs> so, would not trust this method so don't for vibe. bomb making. Don't yeah. vibe with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't vibe. Yeah. Fuck. Right. I'm reminded of a uh, my colleague Robert Evans and I were doing a an interview with some some folks who are part of the resistance in Myanmar and they were they were bomb makers and uh, yeah. one of them was like yeah man unfortunately my friend lost his hand and uh, we're all sitting around and I know what's coming next and Robert knows mm. what's coming next and the guy knows he's gonna have to say it next and he was like we really shouldn't have been smoking dude <laughs> like, <laughs> I hate to laugh at this person who's doing this incredibly yeah, brave no. and dangerous thing but 
yeah they're very brave people they yeah. thought it was hilarious too like every, everyone like yeah. everyone i think you have to laugh or you'll cry sometimes yeah so yeah you you're now doing but your, you can your, smoke was, while doing that i mean don't smoke yeah but anyway. get, yeah just tr- try and avoid it so what you're doing now is you're uh you've got your 1200 grams of water you're going to put your starter that you've made your levan into that mm-hmm. and swirl it as best you can right um, mm-hmm. there is a thing called a dough whisk which you can get which it's like two concentric circles on the end of a stick uh, like just made of wire right it's it's a it's huh. a special whisk okay. people should look it up um but um you can use that i use a kitchen aid for all of this if you've like got a, access to an automatic yeah spin. with a dough hook with a yeah which, oh yeah. that i know i've seen that yeah, I was the in a commercial thing. kitchen for a little while. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you can get very cheap ones when commercial kitchens close down. Okay. Or like again, yard sales are great for these kind of thing. Okay. So you're mixing that together, right? You mix the starter into the water, and then you add the flour. That way, you just don't get clumps of flour on the bottom of your bowl. Mm-hmm. I found for so if you do fl- if you do water into flour, you can get clumps of flour, and okay, that, then you'll have like bits where you bite into your bread, and there's just like flour pockets, which isn't desirable. That seems like what I would do by accident. Yeah, well, you can. I mean, I managed to do it with like baking soda pockets when I do it. So <laughs> that is ferocious. That'll really. Yeah. No, you have to throw yeah, all the cookies uh, away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, or whatever it was. Coward move. <laughs> I think it was muffins. Anyway. Yeah. When I was bike racing, we used to use baking soda as a buffer. For, we thought it would buffer lactate. It doesn't really. Maybe I think it does to some mm-hmm. degree. If you get the dosage wrong on that. You will be moving quickly, but only towards the toilet. It is a <laughs> devastating, <laughs> fascinating part of my athletic career. And then apparently there are other dudes who were just like doping out the wazoo and here's me <laughs> taking baking soda. So yeah, we're we're mixing that together, right? And then, then we're mm-hmm. going to mix all that. So the way we like to mix is like we'll get our hands wet mm-hmm. and we're going to do what are called like stretch and folds. And then we're going to, so we're going to reach into the bottom of the bowl, pull it up, stretch it, drop it down, go around, pull Mm -hmm. it up, stretch it, drop it down. That's not so important in the first mix. In the first mix, you just need to combine everything. But if we always use that same technique, then we only have to learn one technique. So we're going to leave that for about 45 minutes. Then we're going to add the salt. Uh, So I do 5%. I think it's 5%. Or is it 1%? I do 30 grams. Yeah, yeah, it okay. is. 30 grams of salt for 1,500 grams of flour. Okay. So you math people can work that out. I'm not a numbers yeah, guy. Yeah, I don't know. So that's how much I do, okay? <laughs> that's, that's how much I would suggest you do. Uh, if your starter's having trouble, it's a bit sluggish, you can do a little bit less, but you need you do need some. You, you It doesn't work without the salt. And so we're adding that salt after about 45 minutes. When we add that salt, what we do is we, we do the stretch and fold again, right? So we're coming underneath. 2%. 2%. There we go. 30 grams out of 1,500? Yeah. Okay. 2%. Anyway. There we go. 2%. Uh, so yeah. shoot for around 2%. And we're going to do that stretch and fold again. I would suggest people look up stretch and fold because uh, mm. it's not easy to describe on audio. If you have a KitchenAid, you're just going to pulse it once or twice, like buzz, 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 buzz okay you're good um if you have big salt um that's a technical term then sea salt uh, yes exactly <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. that, that's what the uh that's what the marketing people want you to call it yeah you you big salt. sometimes okay. big salt yeah if you hold back a little bit of the water and then put the salt in that water that makes it easy you dissolve it and then pour it in and that just makes it easier to spread it around the whole loaf you see what i mean okay so you don't get salt crystals okay so now we're gonna do about 
three stretching folds over the course of the entire ferment. So um, what I look for when I'm fermenting it is like it domes out over the top of the kitchen aid and that's when mm-hmm. I know it's done. So that could take anywhere from three hours to eight hours, depending on the temperature, right? Okay. And over that time, I want to do three stretch and folds. What I would suggest for people starting out is stretch and fold it every 40 minutes for 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 a total of three, right? So you're doing okay. add 40 minutes, add the salt, stretch and fold, leave it for 40 minutes, stretch and fold, leave it for 40 minutes, stretch and fold, and then wait till it, just wait till it looks good and puffy. Like you'll, you'll sort of... You, again, you, you could wait till it sort of doubles in size, but you'll sort of know once it's getting puffy. And and some of this will take time, right? Like your first bake mm-hmm. might not be perfect, but you'll sort no, of get a sense. No, it's not going to be perfect at all. No, it's going to yeah. be absolute. I'm expecting that it's going to like somehow either not grow at all and I'll be like, what the no. fuck happened? Or it'll like take over my kitchen and <laughs> tell me to feed it or it'll kill my children. <laughs> I have had some where it's like, if you forget about it, uh, and go on a bike ride or something like it is expanded out of the kitchen aid like, into my toaster and shit and like it yeah. is this stuff is all messy so it'll keep going uh, oh yeah it will after a while it's sort of after a while it will die back on itself but you you don't want it to be like completely blown out because you still okay. need it to ferment a little bit in your next stage which is your shaping so you then you've done three stretch and folds right you dump that mm-hmm. out and here's where it really helps to have a um, it's called a bench scraper it's like a it looks just like a piece of of like very thin steel with a handle on top and you use it to mm-hmm. cut the bread so yeah okay, i'm making I've seen those mm-hmm. yeah you've seen them in commercial kitchens probably i'm making three loaves so i'm going to flour the surface the work surface right and mm-hmm. again use your ap flour cuz it's cheaper mm-hmm. dump it out and i'm going to cut that into three and then i'm going to shape it and the way we shape it is like we kind of stretch it in all the directions mm-hmm. right so it's nice and stretched and that's what we're doing with the stretch and folds, by the way, is, is developing the gluten, right? You'll see these strands of gluten when you're stretching it. And that's what you want to do. You want to stretch those strands out and then fold them back in. Okay. Um, and you don't want to stretch them so far that you break them, right? So if it starts breaking, okay. you've gone too far. So you're just gently stretching it. Same thing here, right? We're gently stretching it. If you have a granite countertop, uh, you're very fortunate. Uh, yeah, I don't have a granite. I have some yeah. cheap formica or something. Yeah, exactly. And most of us do. If sometimes people will have like a little granite stone or like for whatever reason, when I moved into my place, it was a giant piece of granite. I think they'd been intending on doing a granite countertop and dropped it. <laughs> that shit is not easy to move. Yeah. But with the help of some friends, I've moved. I have a giant sheet of slate. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. You want it just to be nice and cold. So I bet okay. slate would be great. Yeah. There was a, there was a pool table in the basement and I thought to myself, I'm going to destroy this pool table and take it out. And, and then I, I learned by hitting the pool table yeah. with a two-handed axe that <laughs> pool tables are not made of wood. No, no, no. <laughs> so now you have half a pool table in your basement. I Well, I mean, I, I eventually got it out, but I have two large pieces of slate instead of what I wish I had, which was one large piece of slate. <laughs> yeah, that would be more handy. Nice. That's anyway. Cool. Yeah, so you could use your slate. Um, you can, of course, use a wooden countertop, whatever you have. And so you're, you're going to cut it into three, right? You're going to stretch it, and you're going to fold the edges into the middle, right? Okay. So now we've got this thing that looks kind of like a bun. We're going to flip that over, and then mm-hmm. we, if we take our two hands and we reach them out in front of us with our palms facing us and we overlap our fingers, mm-hmm. yeah, so you can imagine that, we're going to take that bundle of bread and just pull it towards us, tucking our fingers underneath, and it'll sort of... It, it sort of makes itself into a a sphere as you do that. 
and then you okay. turn it by 45 degrees and do it again and it'll sort of it, it develops like a skin like a balloon on the outside when you're doing this it's really wow. cool it's super fun when you're doing it like it's one of the most satisfying things you can do uh and then yeah. you like you get that you do it from three or four angles right so you turn pull turn pull turn pull and now it's like a nice tight ball and you mm-hmm. can give it a little slap and it'll jiggle that's a good sort of uh sound bite for yeah. anyone ever wanting to discredit me <laughs> on the internet <laughs> great i look forward to hearing that one come back at me it's okay uh, i heard you on it could happen here recently <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's true, an entire true. episode yeah, about yeah, yeah, so. yeah i really have nowhere to go from there but up yeah. um so you want to do that with all your three loaves right and then leave them for half an hour and come back and do the do the pulling again, right? Mm-hmm. And that's just going to reinforce that exterior. Uh, and then we're going to put them in what are called bannetons. And if, if it's your first time and you don't want to buy a banneton, then what you can do is take your mixing bowl and just line it with a dishcloth. Uh, not a dishcloth, a tea towel. Okay. Right? And sprinkle that tea towel with flour. Okay, um, wait, what's a tea towel? What's a tea towel? <laughs> Versus a dishcloth. Yeah, well, it, no, a tea towel is like a thin, a large, thin towel that you use for doing your dish, like if you're drying your dishes. Oh, okay, a dish rag. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's a difference between British and American culture right there. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. I uh, mean, at least ours <laughs> says what it is. Yeah, true. Yeah, whereas ours is euphemistic. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, again, that is a difference between yeah. British and American culture. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you should use whatever you have available. It's a thin piece of cloth, right? You could use cheesecloth if you wanted to, and just sprinkle it with with flour so that so the dough okay. doesn't stick. Um, if you have a banneton, so banneton is a wicker basket. So when mm. you often you see a nice fancy sourdough bread, it has lots of little lines on it. Oh, That's yeah. from the wicker basket. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, so you take your banneton, you flour it again, right? Do we have um, a different word for that? I've never heard that word before, so I see no, it's no, like a... <laughs> I think the American word is bread fucker or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Fucking bread bowl, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I'm sure it's called like a fucking bald eagle freedom bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Take your freedom dish and you want to. So, so when we use our bench scraper again, we Mm -hmm. scrape underneath the bread and dump it in so the seam side is up. Do you see what I mean? So the bottom, yeah. what was on the bottom is now on the top. Yeah. And we, we're going to then leave those for about two hours, right? And they'll puff up again. About an hour into two hours, you want to start heating up our oven. This is so involved. I'm excited yeah. to try this. Yeah. This, <laughs> this is like, so involved. <laughs> yeah. So this sounds super involved. If you work from home, your hands-on yeah. time for this whole thing is like 20 minutes. Like, it's... It's less. It's not like we're it. summoning Baphomet or something. <laughs> yeah, point, that's what you, you know? do. Incantation. Yeah. You draw three anti-clockwise circles and <laughs> um, use the magic yeah. spoon. Yeah, you stand at the tip of the pentagram. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so you leave it for now, two hours. Yeah, and we're going to heat up our oven about an hour in, right? So, mm-hmm. in our oven, we want to have our Dutch oven, our cast iron pan, mm-hmm. and it, you just can it take all you know, three loaves? Do you need a huge one? I have one ones. that's, I, I think it's designed for cooking fish. It's like long and about the width of a bread loaf. And okay. I can put two two in there. Uh, and one one normal size, like loge kind of cast iron will take one. Okay. Um, what I've done to facilitate it being easier is, you know, the rack you have on your oven? Yeah. So I, I took that, I measured it, and then I cut a quarter inch piece of steel 
uh, that is that same size. I'm not then, welding shit in my oven. <laughs> no, no, you don't have to weld it. All right. You just re- you just replace that rack with the steel. Oh, okay, okay. And it's giving it more because ovens, like domestic ovens, especially if you rent, you know, it's not a, often not very expensive mm-hmm. appliances. They'll cycle up and down quite a lot. Mm-hmm. But having a lot of thermal mass oh, interesting. from a giant ass sheet of steel will, will stay hot and keep it hot. And uh, okay. what you're looking for when you put that bread in your Dutch oven is something called oven spring, which is when it hits that hot Dutch oven, it goes, Psh! and that's going to give you a decent amount of your rise, right? That's and cool. It, it's highly desirable to have like nice big bubbles in your bread. So your next step, right? Your two hours have passed, your oven's hot, your Dutch oven is in there and it's hot. Mm-hmm. You're going to turn the bread out of the banneton onto a piece of parchment paper. You could go straight into the Dutch oven, but like you will fucking like I like I I wear the scars from doing that. All right. So I would suggest avoiding it. So that's the go, equivalent of smoking while you do it. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah that's it. Right. I do like to live on the edge when it comes to baking. So you turn it onto your your parchment paper, and then you slice the top of it. It just gives it a place to expand. Um, mm-hmm. I like to do a little little anarchist A. It can be fun, or you can just do whatever you want. <laughs> Some people do a little corn leaf. Um, it's fun to do it with a razor blade. There's this thing called a lame, which is a razor blade on a stick. Uh, okay. But you can just use a razor blade, like a safety razor. Okay. And so we're, we're, we're turning it out, right? So now the seam side is down again, because you remember you put it in the seam side up, yeah. so now the seam side's down. We're doing a slice, and then we're popping it into the Dutch oven with the lid on, 20 minutes with the lid on, uh, between 11 and 15 minutes with the lid off uh you can probe it i think the temperature you're looking for inside is is 190 you, you should verify that but honestly and convert like, it to normal people numbers yeah so you, you're doing the oven at 500 right when you put it on so it oh you hot. are talking about fahrenheit yeah yeah i'm talking about fahrenheit. oh okay <laughs> uh-huh yeah check the internal temp because i never do that i haven't done that for years but you want the oven to be ripping hot and then uh-huh. You're doing again. Some people turn it down to 450 for when the lid is off. I don't. Cowards. Again, yeah, because they are scared. Uh, yeah. But if, if you're a real alpha, just leave it at um, at 500 like me. And yeah. So <laughs> 20 minutes with the lid on, t- 10 to 15 with the lid off till you see it nicely. And you do want like a nice dark brown exterior, right? Okay. And you pop it out, right? You're just going to grab the corners of that parchment paper so you don't cremate your hands. Use mm-hmm. oven gloves to handle the fucking five hundred degree cast iron pot. Obviously, like yeah, uh, you you will be like physically disabled if you do that. Like you will lose the use of your hands. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so pull that out, and then uh, what? You don't want the the bread to dry on that parchment paper sheet. So I just with my oven gloves on, right? Flip it over, take the parchment paper sheet out, use that parchment paper sheet again for the next loaf, and I dry it on a rack or something to let air mm-hmm. get to the base of it, so you don't get like a. Th- thick bottom on it yeah um, okay i was learning about that with some other baking i think it was brownies or something where i was like i need to get a rack in order to dry anyway okay or yeah cool down things what i actually use is you know, you oh, know I, was how cake. Your, uh, I was making cake okay. didn't come out i'm not good at it anyway please okay. continue you'll thrive with this mugger i'm confident <laughs> <laughs> so you've got your you know the things that you have on your um on your hob you don't call it a hob do you in america um when you're heating up Oven. a pan no, no, no! Like the get the gas, the the top. Oh, the burner. The burner. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Again. Hob is, a, hob is kind of a nice word. I like that. Yeah. Hobgoblins. Yeah, well, you, do do hobgoblins relate to this? Yeah. Anyway, that's where they live. Yeah. That's their home. Okay. 
Wait, actually, so, are they like weird oven? Are they like domestic? I don't know. I don't okay, know. well, I know. Let's yeah, a right, hobnob anyway. is a type of biscuit. Um, wait, what? So, really? Yeah, hobnob. You know, I thought hobnob. it was when you hang out with people to try and impress them. It's it's also that I don't know which one came first because maybe if you're hanging out, you have biscuits, which means no. cookies to you. Yeah, I yeah. know. I am endlessly entertained by the differences between American <laughs> and British English. I don't know if the audience is, but I am forever. They've stopped listening by now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 I've seen the uh, "It Could Happen Here" subreddit. I think they they love it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you can put it on your hob if you want, because that lets the air circulate mm-hmm. underneath. You see what I mean? So uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it won't cost work. free option. Yeah, not with an electric stove. Oh, uh, no, not with electric. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, you do oh. have to have a. Uh, yeah, refused because I got woke, woke electric stuff. By, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, big government. Yeah, yeah, I am. I'm living free over here. Yeah, um, and so shorter. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If it's the stove that gets me, I, I will be shocked. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I got in the back of an arms dealer's van to go for dinner last year, so uh, I'll take my risk with the stove. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, put. Put it wherever, just where it can circulate, right? Next mm-hmm. loaf, same deal. Leave it for an hour. It's, you will be, you will struggle with temptation to eat, to not eat it. Yes, uh, I, I will. I will, mm-hmm. if I, especially if I have three in front of me. <laughs> yeah, well, what I do is I take a small portion of one of them and I make it like a micro bread. Uh, some would call it a bread roll. <laughs> uh-huh. and, uh, I, I, I let myself eat that while the others are cooling. Cool. So leave them for about an hour because they will, they'll become much more, they need to dry out a bit and they do that with the air circulation if you cut them right away that they, they won't the first few slices will be good but over the mm-hmm. lifetime of the loaf it will be less good or uh, fuck it, you've got you've got three so if you really want to eat one straight away and then you know you do you i was just gonna cool it on a on a i'm gonna get a windowsill outside of the mm-hmm. window and cool it out there so i can find a hobo yeah yeah or a bear oh yeah either a, way yeah either way i got yeah. a new friend have a beer yeah yeah. yeah yeah why not bears love beer um, yeah they, anything with yeast is a big interest of theirs. Yeah. Uh, so then, then you have bread, and then uh, you can sort of you can make mix it up, right? You could do a thousand grams of, of of bread flour and five hundred grams of whole wheat flour. Mm-hmm. You could do a thousand grams of bread flour, two hundred grams of rye flour, three hundred grams of whole wheat flour. And you you can sort of mix around. You, you want to kind of keep the bulk of it to be that like high quality bread flour, like King Arthur or uh, Bob's Red Mill or one that says okay. bread flour on the box. Okay. And yeah, then you then you're away really, and then you can start fucking around with with different shapes, different recipes. Uh, you can use your sourdough starter to make other things. Is there like a logical lifespan of the sourdough starter that you've made that you keep in your fridge? Or do you just every couple of weeks have to feed it and then you're like, and you throw out chunks of it when it gets too much big? Yeah. I mean, I've never That's really it. been into throwing it out because I just hate the idea of throwing away food. So like I'll take the mm-hmm. take the discard and make pancakes, you know, mm-hmm. incorporate it to pancakes or uh, roll it out with, add some olive oil and salt and roll it out and make crackers or uh, whatever. But mine has been going for a solid like 10, 15 years. And I will like I travel for work a lot, and I'm, I'll be away mm-hmm. for six, eight weeks, months even. And when you get back, sometimes it will have a little kind of weird. It'll start going darker on the top. You just scoop that off, feed it again, back in the game. Like I love how chaotic, old-fashioned methods of cooking are. Like I love yeah. how things are like. It's not exactly like a food safety or exact science thing. It's a like. 
Like, I just love that this whole idea comes from not starting from sterility. Because I feel like in Western society, we have this, like, conception where, like, all healthy, good things start from this, like, blank slate, you yeah. know? And I feel like fermentation, especially this weird, invisible yeast monsters um, fermentation, is, like, such a good counter to all that. I mean, yeah. I'm not being like, I'm not anti-food safety, but I just mean like this like concept of like building from zero or whatever, but I don't know. Right, and there are things there that have provided for us for centuries and, and millennia, yeah. and like maybe we should embrace them instead of yeah, trying to kind of engineer our way out of them or like, yeah, replace them with a product which is like manufactured and marketed and sold and yeah, all those things. Like you can make bread and not be productive to capitalism. It's like the difference between like, I'm not anti-city. It's like building a city with the curves of where you are versus like the idea of being like, we must level everything and build everything from the ground up, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like it's sort of imposing our will on nature. Like yeah. Nature guide us. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's very, uh, it's, it's, it is just kind of a vibe. Like it'll take, it might take longer to bake in your oven or it might take longer to ferment because your house is cold or whatever and that's fine it's somewhat chaotic yeah. but you'll get it and once you get it like it's very easy especially a lot more people um work from home now so like it, it's low effort it's just like yeah as long as you're around then how long does a loaf easy. of sourdough stick around <sighs> as, as food rip, if you don't freeze i rip it. through them pretty fast oh i mean uh, it, it, how long will it how long before it goes bad? Oh, okay. That hasn't been an issue traditionally, uh, just for mm -hmm. myself. But um, yeah, a week or two, you know, like like they don't mm -hmm. go. So that's interesting, actually. When you get commercial bread, because it has things mm -hmm. that retard the uh, like the staleness, it will be right. soft but moldy, right? Whereas sourdough bread will be hard before it, before it goes moldy. So like, yeah. Which uh, rules from case, a food safety point of view, because then you just yeah, yeah, you know yeah. that it's on its way out, and you can make it into croutons or whatever at that point, or French toast yeah. or whatever you like. Uh, um, cut it up and put it into soup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's all kinds of uh, throw it at someone. Bread pudding. I want to learn how to make bread. Oh pudding yeah, because it's so bread tasty. pudding's very easy. Yeah, just put custard on bread. It's basically what's it. custard. Okay, <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> we could be here for hours doing custard. Is custard, the word that's like every British food is a custard. Probably, I think a decent number. Of, like we like as a as a country, we like wet food, and custard uh -huh. is a part of that. Like along with okay. like a gravy and uh, like mint sauce and all the other wet things that we put on our food. Okay, warm wet food. That's British cuisine. <laughs> Yeah. Custard is a dessert wetness. I would make fun of British cuisine, but I'm a white American, so I have literally no ground to stand on because the only mm. decent food comes from other cultures. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, to be fair, that is also true of us. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Very little has not been purloined from our um, former imperial colonies, sadly. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm still intimidated but i feel like i have a better sense of how to do it and now if i like to go and look at instructions i'll feel a little bit less just completely overwhelmed so yeah try it it's it's it there's very little to lose yeah it's, all right yeah i will lose some time and i will 
get confused as to why it doesn't work. I have like a complete, I'm completely convinced that all food related art is like beyond me. Uh, I, last year I successfully grew food for the first time, but I also failed at growing a large amount of food. However, I did successfully grow food for the first time after many attempts. So, so maybe, maybe this is the year that I can bake more than just brownies. (laughs) Yeah, I I will I will be just a text message away as you. All right, you're gonna be like in Myanmar, yeah. like dealing yeah. with people, and I'm be like, hold on, wait, is it like how do I know when the gluten is threaded <laughs> yeah. right? Just like explosions in the background. Yeah, um, hopefully that will. I'll take my sadness stuff cool. with me. All right, well, is there any anything else you wanna? No, uh, that's about <laughs> it. Like, um, uh, yeah, uh. No, you can find, I do another podcast. It's called It Could Happen Here. Uh, it's also, it's on the Cool Zone Media Network uh, along with your other podcast and, and people can find that. Uh, my Twitter is my name, James Stout. Um, you can find me if I'm not currently banned, uh, which has been sort of a sporadic thing recently. Uh, <laughs> so I like to tweet pictures of Mussolini. Uh, one specific <laughs> picture of Mussolini, if we're being honest. The, the one upside down one, just in case yeah. anyone's curious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One no, if you don't want dead. to see a dead person, yeah. I only use it as a reply image, so you'll probably be fine. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, it's about all. Uh, thanks to your help, I'm working on another book, but that one's a long way in the future. Uh, yeah. People can find my book, my f- first book, I guess, uh, by going to a library and asking for it. Yep. Um, yeah. And it's about the popular Olympics. And it is, yeah, I should say that, yes. It's, yeah, it's about the Spanish Civil War. It's about the alternatives to the Berlin Olympics and the people who came to Spain to take part in the anti-fascist Olympiad and stayed to kill fascists. And, and if you don't want to read, you can listen yeah. to James telling me about it on my other podcast, Cool People Who yeah. Do Cool Stuff. All right. Well, thanks so much. And I'm excited to talk to you in the future about all kinds of other stuff like, I don't know, you keep, talk- you keep threatening to make other podcasts and podcasts about wool and sheep and stuff so oh yeah i'm always down more uh livestock topics sheep if anyone wants to talk sheep it's uh james stout on twitter fuck yeah yeah send me a sheep photo thanks so much for listening if you enjoyed this podcast please uh make your own sourdough and then brag to me about how you made sourdough while i have continued to fail um or maybe i'll succeed this isn't supposed to be about me as this part. So you can also support this podcast by telling people about it. You can support this podcast by talking about it on social media, rating and reviewing and all that bullshit that feeds algorithms. And you can support us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Strangers in a Tangled Wilderness. Strangers in a Tangled Wilderness is the publisher of this podcast and a few other podcasts, including currently the podcast strangers in a tangled wilderness which comes out monthly as well as the anarcho geek power hour which is uh for the podcast for people who love movies and hate cops and we would like to shout out our some of our particular patrons uh we'd like to shout out Paige and ali and paparuna milica boise mutual aid theo hunter sean sj Paige, mickey nicole david dana chelsea cat j starro jennifer eleanor kirk sam chris micaiah hoss the dog and hans we straight up couldn't do it without you and really appreciate it. I hope everyone does as well as they can with everything that's happening and I'll talk to you soon.